few distractions bring gay reactions. The movies aren't the only places showing main attractions. Hey, what's up, you guys? It's Paige. Hi, I'm Paige. Hi, it's Alex. Hi. Hi. Hi, Alex. Do you want to know what my kink is? I'm Paige. In my kink. Is your kink being Paige? <laughs> mm, yeah, it's great. No, my kink is uh, suffocating myself while I sleep by really, really needing to like put the covers over my face. Uh, my my kink is having bad timing because it's taken us so long to finally do something. Yeah, hey, and up? now I'm sick. <laughs> Yay! So I sound like I have marshmallows stuffed up my nose that's fun it's okay i'm gonna move the thing and that's gonna make a million noises okay so it's inconvenient for you and you alone <laughs> it's inconvenient for all the people listening what's up listeners so yeah today we are going to be talking about but i'm a cheerleader this is casting from the closet by the way it's a queer media <laughs> podcast Fucking, if you didn't already know, which I sometimes I think it's appropriate to assume that people don't know because most of the people who listen to this are probably just like randos who are like, let me just download this <laughs> this podcast. I, have, I don't fucking know what it is. Anyway, yeah, this is um, Casting from the Closet where we talk about queer media and uh, LGBT representation. Hell yeah! And today we're going to be talking about the classic lesbian film, But I'm a Cheerleader. It's not specifically lesbian, but it's... There's a gay, lesbian, whatever, love story or yeah. whatever. I guess you can only use gay or lesbian because they never really talk about like bisexuality. Or maybe they do, and I just don't remember. It's been a couple weeks. But... I guess we'll just have to stick with the term lesbian. For yeah. Now. I don't think they do. I, d I don't think... No, no one does even now. Yeah. I don't think most... Well, it's okay, here's how they do bisexuality in the media. There's two ways to do bisexuality. Mm -hmm. Number one, don't do it at all. <laughs> Number two, um, have a character that is nominally bisexual, as in, like, the character says, like, I'm bi. Or, and then have, like, one maybe like a very very brief passing gay thing and then just have them be straight like not i mean obviously not straight but be in straight relationships and only have straight romantic interests for the rest of the time right. so that you get the brownie points for having an lgbt character um but then not actually represent the lgbt part yeah and well, basically just have, like, a cishet character that you can just say is bisexual. Yeah. Well, I mean, so But I'm a Cheerleader came out in 2000, so it's been 18 years. Oh, yeah. Um, And 18 years later, we still suffer bisexual representation failures all the time. Um, And, like, I get the whole... You know, just because I'm bisexual doesn't mean I have to be, like, a super flamboyant gay. But don't make it just, oh, hey, so-and-so is bisexual. And then just, like... Ignore that? Ignore it. Yeah, that's my favorite. That's I'm so angry about that. Yeah. <laughs> sucks. I'm not even bi. I'm just, I'm just upset about that. that right? Sucks. It hurts. I fucking hate it. So, yeah, this is... Uh... But I'm a cheerleader, so um, we're going to start out with a non-spoiler sort of overview of the movie. It is just a movie. It is starring uh, Natasha Lyonne and fucking this other girl who was also in Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Um, I just, before we do anything, though, I do want to get this off my chest. Natasha Lyonne is not gay in any way. She's not, she's nothing. She's fucking straight. And I'm so upset about that. She was typecast from this movie. I think this was her first movie. I'm looking it up right now. I'm sure you can hear my taps. Uh, this is 1999. And Natasha Lyonne. Oh. 
so it's a little over 18 years. It's like 19. Yeah. Close I was close. Enough. Clea Duvall. That's the other, yeah. Clea Duvall is also in um, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, and that's how I know her, because she's great. And she's like an iconic 90s like, yeah. character actress, I think. Yeah. Um, that's at least how I see her, and I actually do really like Clea Duvall. I don't know if she's queer at all, which I'm going to have to figure it out. I feel like IMDb is not the place to, to figure that out. Yeah, whatever. You could just Google, is Clea Duvall gay? Oh, yeah. Is Clea Duvall... Why? Okay, we don't have, is Clea Duvall gay in the Google, like, fill out thing, but we do have... How clo- how tall is Clea Duvall? Which why why do you need to know about that? She's five five, by the way. That's just what the internet is saying. That's that what we're the not internet creepy. says. Personal life. Do we have a personal life? Yeah. Yes. Duvall is openly gay. She resides in Los Angeles. That's how I knew. I did know that, but I wasn't sure. Fuck yeah. Anyway, we've been recording for fifteen minutes and we've said nothing. So. Do you want to do the, um... No. You don't want to do the overview? No, I do not. I don't remember. Okay. And I did not, like, I have nothing. What are you looking at? You have a zit. We're recording. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, I don't remember anything, quite frankly. I remember stuff, but I don't remember enough to, like, summarize it without having to pull up, like, Wikipedia and cheat. You know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, anyway... So, um, But I'm a Cheerleader is a 1999 film starring Natasha Lyonne, Clea Duvall, um, and fucking Prince Zuko, the voice of Prince Zuko. And RuPaul. And RuPaul is fucking in it. Forgetting RuPaul. RuPaul. And... Which was a very important thing for me. Yeah, no, it was great. To witness. If you haven't seen Avatar The Last Airbender, then the dude who's in this in but i'm a cheerleader also was um rufio from hook so and if you haven't seen either of those things get off my podcast uh so by that statement i can't be on your podcast because i have not seen avatar the last airbender but you have seen hook right like when i was in elementary school it counts okay anyway so basically the plot is that Natasha Lyonne is a high school student. She's like 17 or 18. She must be 17 because they can force her to yeah. go to a gay conversion camp. And her parents force her to go to a conversion camp. And she's a cheerleader. And there's some really great scenes where she... There's a scene where she makes out with her quote-unquote boyfriend. And she has her <laughs> eyes open the whole time. And their mouths are like crazy open. And, like, fucking, I watch that scene, and every single time I see it, I've seen this movie several times, that scene, me in high school. And the scene where they're at their lockers, she and her friend are at their lockers, and she goes, you don't really like it when they do that, do you? (laughs) And the friend goes, yeah, I do. (laughs) And and, And then Natasha Lyonne says, maybe he's just not doing it right. Which fucking, same. That was me my entire closeted life. I was just like, maybe I just got the wrong one. Maybe he's not doing it right. Listen, I want to tell everyone right now, if you are a lady or a non-man and you are trying to be with men, cis men or whatever, and you keep thinking, maybe he's not doing it right. Maybe I'm not doing it right. Maybe I can try it a different way. Maybe I need to find another one. If you keep thinking that and you keep thinking you have to pretend to like what's going on in order for to like be normal, try women. <laughs> I'm just <laughs> try try not doing that. If you've been doing this for a long time and it's not working, try not doing that. Yeah, if you if you think, "Hey, <laughs> Hey, maybe if I find a, a different boy, maybe he will work." And then that doesn't happen and you try that a few times, you should stop with boys. Just just your friendly, you know, reminder. Uh, anyway, so Natasha Lyonne is a um, cheerleader and, she, you know, she's dating the quarterback or whatever. Um, and she, her friends, you know, notice that she has pictures of women 
in her locker, which same, and she displays some other, you know, stereotypically gay behavior. So her parents send her to gay conversion camp. She goes there. It does not make her straight. Uh, and she meets someone, um, another, another lady there whom she, I guess they fall in love and, um, you know, she kind of experiences. Would that be considered a spoiler then? Would it be considered a spoiler? Who the fuck knows? Yeah, because it's ultimately what happens at the end. I'm not going to say what happens at the end. I just know that, you know, stuff happens. Stop looking at my zit. Sorry. It's just, it looks like it's, it hurt. Um, anyway, and Natasha Leone has to, um, sort of make a choice between, between, um, doing, you know, gay shit and, uh, doing straight shit and to sort of be herself. There's parts where they go to gay bars. There's parts where they... It, it's basically... It's a funny comedy. It's a very, very funny mm-hmm. and very charming. It's, would you say it's satirical? Oh, yeah. It's very, Absolutely. very... The whole thing is just a an Onion article of a movie mm-hmm. um, about gay conversion camps. I mean, one of the camp counselors is fucking RuPaul. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. I Like, I knew... That RuPaul was in this movie. I can't remember how I knew it, but I think I saw it, like, on Google or whatever. I don't know. Um, and I saw it... No, you recognized. No, but I mean, before we even watched the movie. Oh, okay. So, like, I knew RuPaul was in it, but as soon as I saw him, I was like, oh my fucking god, is that RuPaul? That's fucking RuPaul. And I had like, no idea. The short shorts really did it for me. Um, yeah. No, there's the... There's... At the gay conversion camp, they... It's very stereotypical, like, camp style, but all the men are wearing short shorts. <laughs> and it's so fucking good. It is so good. I pulled up a picture. The first scene that we see him, he's got a shirt on that says, straight is great. <laughs> so if that is all you need to know about this movie, <laughs> there you go. RuPaul wears short shorts and... Um... Are they jean short shorts? Are they short shorts? Oh, God, yes. Oh, no, they look stretchy. I can't tell. We can just pretend that they are. Yeah. What a stellar movie. Anyway. Um, so, yeah, RuPaul's in it. Uh, it's definitely satirical. 100%. But it's really well done, if you ask me. And it's, like, kind of... It's, like, in your face, but not annoying. So, like, yeah. the, the color symbolism in this movie is just wild. All of the, like, women characters are stuck wearing pink. You have to wear, like, skirts and shit. And all the male characters are wearing uh, blue. And they have, like, pants and I think a tie. Or ties, maybe. Even if they're not wearing the quote-unquote uniform that comes with the camp, they're wearing blue. Um, and the quote-unquote women have to wear pink. It's just how it is. The The women's bedroom is, like... The kind of thing you'd see in an old 50s movie where it's like, it's pink, it's frilly, it's f- so femme. <laughs> it it hurts me. But, like, all of it is just so great. There's, like, vaginal and phallic motifs in, like, the art that's seen <laughs> in the backgrounds and different scenes. Um, is there really? Yeah. Like, which, uh, which scenes? You know, when they were outside... So, so there are scenes where they're outside doing yard work and, like, the structures and things like that that you can see, like, the yard decor, it, it's pretty phallic. <laughs> like, it's it's pretty wild. Would they have, like, penis flowers or something? No, the art just straight up looked phallic. I, I can try and find a picture. Yeah. But. I need to see this. How did you not? I pointed it out while we were watching you? the movie. Yeah. I don't fucking listen to anything anybody says. I'm not surprised. I could try to find a picture. Do, do, but I'm a cheerleader, like, background pics or something. Oh, there's also, like, a really, really, um, it reminds me. Like this. Oh, shit. That's, like, a giant mushroom. That, yeah. It's a dick. It's absolutely a dick. Yeah, there's, um, it reminds me of the whole movie when they're in, like, the gendered, um, it's very subversive of gender roles, especially for the time. Uh, for right now, I don't think it's... If it were made in 2018, it would be a very, very different film. But yeah, it's for the, for the time, it was very uh, subversive. 
and had had some things to say about gender roles. Um, but one of the things that I liked that they did was that they sort of uh, shrouded all of the men's and women's segregated places, like the bedrooms and the like salons or whatever that they had inside the camp. They shrouded it in either pink or blue light, yeah. which kind of reminded me of like... I don't know, like a Mickey House, Mickey Mouse. Yeah, it looked very like Mickey Mouse Clubhouse kind of style. Yeah. It was very... It was comical. It yeah. was over the over the top. Um, and really, you know, it's, it's... I think comedy as a way of coping with bad things, with um, things like homophobia and transphobia mm-hmm. and, and just the fact that gay conversion therapy is still a thing. I think humor in the face of trauma is one of is a very important thing in the lgbt community and i think that this film is a pretty big testament to that fact because it all is just all it is is just making fun making fun of gay conversion therapy and of homophobia it's making fun of straight people and this is why humor humor is a really really important thing um, not only as a coping mechanism, but also as a sort of like, the, there's there's a concept called the Overton window, and the Overton window basically is what it is, what's okay to talk about in public, and what's not okay to talk about in public. What's okay to uh, laugh about, what's not okay to laugh about. Basically, public discourse and public opinion, what is and is not okay to think. So the Overton window um, shifts a lot. Like, you know, 50 years ago, it was okay to think that, you know, segregation is great. Today, it's not. That is, <laughs> that is a, an example of the Overton window shifting. And humor is a really, really big driver of shifts in that Overton window, right? So things like this movie, things where uh, you use humor to make fun of gay conversion therapy, of homophobia, of... Uh, gender stereotypes that is very very powerful in shifting people's views of what is okay to laugh about Mm -hmm. for example there is um there's a scene when the camp one of the camp counselors is um showing them uh, the women how to like fucking you know clean a bathroom floor with a toothbrush or something they do a lot of that the the girls do a lot of uh cleaning um and i think that's mostly what they do Oh, there's there's a the one of the camp counselors says um, women have roles, and once you realize that, you'll stop objectifying them. I think that's what she says. Um, here we go. Women have roles, and after you learn that, you'll stop objectifying them. The anti-porn feminists and Republicans say stuff like that all the time. If you if you notice, a lot of their rhetoric uh, rhetoric centers around. Um, we're actually good for women. We actually want to help women. That's a huge thing in like gender roles mm-hmm. and things like that. And people who like to the death defend them. They say it's good for us. And that is one of the things in this movie that I think is really, really brilliant. That they very subtly kind of shift that, that Overton window to say like these people, the people who say that, you know, having women stay in the home or whatever... Um, having not having women in in certain workforce fields um, is good for society and especially good for women like anti-choice people mm-hmm. it, they think they say they're good for women we can make fun of those people because they're ridiculous look how ridiculous these people are and i think that's a really really that scene um specifically was a really really cool scene and i think the this movie as a whole really sort of acts to make fun and bring make fun of and bring light to common homophobia yeah it also too i think brings light to some of the like general issues surrounding like very briefly um but there was like the the parents of a couple of the kids are just like asshole parents oh yeah who like and the main characters parents included don't want a, a, a gay child they they would much rather the kid be you know, away at this camp than be gay. The The main love interest in the story 
her parents give her the ultimatum, I believe, of if you don't come back straight, you aren't allowed home. Um, or what? one of, it was either the main character or the main character's love interest that gets that ultimatum. Yeah, the main character's love interest is Clea Duvall, and she, her parents give her the ultimatum of, we are not paying for college, we're not giving you any money at all, like, say yeah. goodbye to that 401k or whatever the fuck, um, if you want to be queer. Which is, uh, like, you know, horrible. And yeah, there was, there was one dad... I think of one of the the men that was pissed off. Um, it was during the scene where they were all trying to find out their root, which uh, the root is what supposedly caused your homosexuality. Um, for example, one girl just said, "I was born in France," so like <laughs> that was fucking hilarious. And that made um, me gay, just like Avril Lavigne made me gay. But That's one of the dads root. was real pissed off that they were all just sitting around or whatever. <clears throat> and he pulls his kid out. I think it's been a little while and. It says he he's paying he's paying money to get his kid fixed, not sit around and tell stories all day. Oh, that and was like, Clea Duvall's dad. Was it? Yeah, I think. Okay. It's it's been a couple weeks since we've seen the movie and it's been a wild couple weeks. Um <laughs> it has. So that really kind of is just one example of like a parent figure being shitty. Yeah. Well, there are a lot of shitty parent figures in the movie. Um one one of the main characters not main characters, one of the characters, um, when they're all sitting around in the room talking about roots, uh, it's one of the characters who is very flamboyant and is actually wearing eyeliner during, like, that scene. Yes. Um, his dad is dressed in, like, very, like, American stereotypical Mexican getup with, like, I can't remember if he had, like, a sombrero on or not, but he just, like, had, you know, what you would expect like a bad american depiction of a mexican person yeah like i don't even know if he was mexican he could have been spanish he could have been like hispanic latinx i don't know but like you know that that that's probably just them poking fun of like you guys don't like you americans or you like asshole straight people don't know or care enough to make the distinction between what's actually right and your poor comedic stereotype of this. Right. It fits right into the vibe of the movie because they're throwing shade at so much of, like, the actually terrible things that these oppressive people will do. Yeah, the, I mean, the the title of the movie is But I'm a Cheerleader. And the, the reason that's the title is because, you know, she you know, when there's a, there's an intervention scene where they say, you know, I think you might be a homosexual. And she says, oh, I can't be a homo. I'm a cheerleader. And that's a huge, like, the gender role kind of thing is, is a big thing in the movie where, like, she can't, you know, you can't be femme or, you know, normal or, like, uh, get good grades and be, like, a good kid and also be gay, mm -hmm. which we all know that that's not true at all. But yeah, I mean the the whole uh, the whole movie is just really, really funny, um, and and really, sort of poking fun at that whole you know, mm -hmm. oh but you don't look like a lesbian or something or you know yeah she's also like. I uh, I wrote down in my notes that she's like a good funny characteristic of your good Jesus Christian girl. Yes, and. I like, too, that that kind of pokes fun at the concept that religious people can't be gay or gay people can't be religious. I have met in my time, in, like, my 20 years of life, plenty of queer people who are religious. And the the relationship between their homosexuality or their identity and their religion, depending on the person, is anywhere from very well understood and accepted to very difficult and struggling to like settle those two identities and make like settle a good relationship between those two identities and like it's absolutely untrue to say that like someone who is religious cannot be gay and like we can't separate the idea we can't separate like the foundations of where conversion therapy started and the basis of most of the people who want conversion therapy to be a thing. We can't disconnect those because to disconnect it would essentially cut down on understanding where the biggest difficulties and biggest problems lie, or some of the biggest problems and difficulties lie in the queer community. But like I, I like that it, it can show 
those two things can be like they're not mutually exclusive yeah i don't think they really play a whole lot on the religious thing it's no, just, it's mostly, I think they mostly use it as a sort of foil. Yeah, it's, you know? it's similar to the cheerleader thing. It's yes. like, but I'm religious, I can't be gay. It's like, yeah, you can. Oh, honey, you can be anything <laughs> and also just happen to be gay. Yeah, yeah it's funny because there's the uh, main character who is a cheerleader, but then there's also another character who I always thought was really fun and really good. I, I really kind of, I thought this was an interesting kind of sub-ish subplot to the movie or a point that they make at some point in the movie where um, among the group of girls who they're trying to convert into being straight is this really, really butch girl who has, you know, like a shaved head and uh, they even, you know, she even has like a mustache or whatever, which, I mean, I guess she just grows a mustache and doesn't wax it or shave it off or whatever, which is obviously a sin. Uh, and... <laughs> is a a huge indicator that she is in fact a gay Mm -hmm. and when she's there she does say like hey i'm straight and everyone's like no (laughs) and she goes no 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 for real though like just because i you know wear baggy clothes and i like sports or whatever it doesn't mean that i'm gay i just you know i really want a big old dong which, you know, this is before they acknowledge the, the gender does not equal genitalia thing. But, mm-hmm. yeah, she just, she says that. And um, RuPaul, and then she runs away crying. And RuPaul goes, ugh, who is she kidding? Which is another thing. You can be masculine or masculine leaving, leaning. Or if, if, you're, if you're, like, female identified, you can be masculine leaning and still be straight, you know. And uh, that's sort of another subversive thing with the, uh, with the whole gender role. kind of thing there's lots i know a lot of masculine gay dudes and i know a lot of feminine uh lesbians yeah i have so many little notes of just things that i found funny or like that kind of picked fun at like the little just lines that i liked that really fit in the movie like they were talking about their diet uh and like how to become straight or something like that or like the I don't know. I wrote down diet, switch to vegetarianism. And I know somewhere in there, there's a comment about like gays being vegetarian. Oh, wasn't it when they were finding their roots and one girl was like, I was raised, raised vegetarian or something. It's and that's what made me gay. It's not where my root talk is. My root notes are. So I don't root notes. So, well, I mean, whatever. There's like a little section where I know, but that made me giggle because like, I feel like it's very typical of the current, like, young gay, like, the young LGBT movement, like, college-age kids and, like, just out of college and, like, maybe, like, mid-twenties is to be vegetarian or vegan. Oh, yeah. It's I feel a like it totally thing. goes hand-in-hand hand with, like, the gay population, I guess, of, like, the 20s, the, the 20 to 25-ish yeah. year old kids. Which is hysterical. I don't totally understand why. But those just seem to be two very, like, commonly coinciding things. There was one line where he's like, we almost lost her to liberal arts brainwashing. And I had to yes. fucking cackle. Oh my god. She Didn't he say, um, oh, you got her just in time. Yeah. She's still in high She's a senior in high school. Yeah. And the, one of the camp counselors says to the main character's parents, she says, uh, you got her just in time. You almost lost her to college. That, uh, you know what? I can't even, like, I can't even laugh because my whole thought process upon leaving for college and starting college was, like, I'm going to go to college and be gay as fuck. Oh, dude, Because yeah. when you come from a small town and all most of all the, like, quote-unquote out people, because there were definitely some that weren't out and, like, never went anywhere near the more known gays. When all of them are your friends, you don't really have much of a choice. Yeah. Besides dating other people who don't live in your city or just not dating. Or if you're bi, dating the men. Because, ew. Yeah, but we... that, that that made me laugh so much. It's the same <laughs> thing like within Love, Simon, where when he's like dreaming of college and it's yeah. just this big gay magical like musical. That was me. 
Dude, same. Yeah, we talked about this before. Like, yeah, yeah, that's a huge thing. And the thing is, I can't laugh either because one, I had that exact same experience, and two, because you know my parents are really into that whole like the liberal brainwashing. You went to school and they're all Marxists, and they made you curry. And um, like one of the first things my parents, my dad said when I came out to them was that, uh, you know, he asked me, like, did your psychiatrist tell you you were gay? And, <laughs> and um, among some other pretty crazy things, one of the things that I experienced with uh, coming out was that, like, you know, I think I've talked about this briefly before, but my brother has said to me before, like, you know, you don't have to, people don't have to agree with your lifestyle in order to love and support you in in reference to my sexuality which is just bullshit that's bullshit Mm -hmm. like you don't have to agree with a huge part of who i am yeah you don't like quote unquote agree what the fuck does that mean i feel like there's a general sentiment where like to an extent maybe yes because there are such things as conditional love there are people who have no idea that you are queer and love you. It's just the concept that you coming out to them suddenly changes their image of you and they no longer love you, which blows my mind because I am no longer, like, I'm no different than what I was before. Literally nothing about me changed. It's Except just I'm happier. Your, it's just your awareness of who I am. Like, yeah. I have definitely kept from many of my family members that I am queer. I've, like, not necessarily been open about it, at least to the older ones who I know won't necessarily be so positively responding towards it. And, like, I I am the, like, first semi-out person in my, like, immediate family. You know, if there was somebody else, they're not out. And, like, I don't know about it. So that's why I say, like, semi-out and the first one, because that's just how it is. In building up a relationship with someone who isn't necessarily supportive of it is very, very difficult. And it hurts you. It does not... Saying that, like, you can still have a fulfilling and loving relationship while I don't, you know, agree with you, who you are as a person and a huge chunk of what makes you, you, um, Mm -hmm. that's not... that That's not possible. If you don't love and support me, if you if you say, oh, I would, it would be better if you were straight or something, that's yeah, that's you don't not, that hurts. You don't love me. You you don't have my best interests in mind. You don't. I I would always say that you are like, actively hurting people when you do that. Yeah, I my my motto when I was in like high school, before I was largely friends with a lot of queer people, was that I'm pretty out. Like I, within shortly after meeting me you will know i will oh, yeah, tell within you 30 seconds because i can like if you can't accept that part of me we cannot be friends partly because i don't want to be friends with somebody who is not supporting of the queer lifestyle i don't want to be somebody who is not okay and it's not a lifestyle yeah i don't want to be it's i don't want to yeah i don't want to be friends with anybody who doesn't quote unquote support the lgbt community because that you are not, you are directly not supporting who I am, the people that I live for, like, everything like that. And I love that people just have it so blind and in their head that, oh, it's fine if I don't support it because I still love you. No, you don't. You don't, you don't you, love if, all of me. Because as soon as that comes up as a topic of conversation, you will shut down and you will shut me out. And it doesn't work like that. Like, you know, I love and support you, but... I don't agree with brown-eyed people. I think they're going to hell. I think they're disgusting. Um, I think you should stop having brown eyes. Um, and that's a raw. That's that part of you. That's wrong. Yeah, you can put on <laughs> color contacts all you want, but deep down inside, you're still brown-eyed. Yeah, and I mean, you know, that's not a perfect analogy. But the, you know, movies like this where people say, you know. I don't have to agree with you. Movies like this where it's kind of like a jokey sort of thing, that really kind of brings stuff out like that because her parents are obviously like, oh, we love you, we love you, um, you're our little girl or whatever. Um, but they also put her through this. It, it's it, In reality, gang conversion therapy is horrible. Yeah. It is awful. Conversion therapy, first of all, there are no 
there's no research showing that it works. There's no research showing that it works. There's so many different associations and research associations that do not support it, that debunk it, that do not at all stand by that concept. There's statistics, and I'm looking at uh, the Human Rights Campaign webpage about it. There's ample evidence showing that, like, well, this says, there's ample evidence that societal prejudice causes significant medical, psychological, and other harms to LGBTQ people. Understandable, like, another news water is wet. Yeah, that's a huge but, thing in, in the LGBT community and a, and a big thing that the people often cite, especially for trans people today. They'll say, oh, you know, 60% of the trans population will at some point attempt suicide. Um, you know, a huge proportion of trans folks in modern society in 2018 have some sort of, you know, anxiety, depression, or some sort of mental emotional disorder. Um, and people cite that they say, "Oh, it's because they're trans." No, no, no. Like, no. <laughs> it's because wrong. of you. It's because of people like you who say stuff like that. I don't like being an asshole, but sometimes when someone says shit like that, I just want to go up to them and be like, "You are the reason that is a statistic. Yeah. People like you are the reason that is a number that we have to to say that make people feel ashamed for being who they are." And that's a huge part of like one of the big themes in this movie where they say you know especially for the men which is true also in society where they say like oh you're a sissy or there you know there's something wrong with you or you know you have you have done this bad thing right you are you are bad and that in and you the way you express your gender or whatever is wrong and that is a huge um most most of the camp consists of you know gender role learning right mm-hmm. so like the women clean the men uh play sports and fix a car the women clean some more and then i don't know change a diaper or something yeah everything that they do is what you might you know look to see in like a 1950s like catalog you know submitting being submissive to men and reinforcing all these negative masculine stereotypes and not being able to be vulnerable and emotional or like having an emotion like a normal human being none of that stuff is you know they might not have showcased all of that in the movie but those are just examples of you know those traditionalist roles where if you don't fit in with our you know traditional roles then you're broken and something's wrong with you it's like so exclusive and so hateful to have the idea that if someone doesn't fit your exact lifestyle they are invalid and don't deserve things Uh, like whether that thing is friendship or happiness or even life to an extent like that blows my fucking mind how can you be that almost selfish and blind and ignorant to not see Number one, the damage you are causing. Like, to what extent when you say, uh, I'm just doing it because, like, that's what's right. Well, clearly something is wrong. It's not that they are going against whatever restriction that you have on them. It's not, you know, it's not that, like, they won't clean the floors. It's that you make them feel invalid because they're doing anything besides cleaning the floors. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's not an opinion. You don't get to have an opinion on that. And, um, I think a really cool part of this, of this movie is, is saying that, is saying like, hey, if you think that it's cool and that it's okay to like, you know, not agree with somebody being gay or think that it's wrong, here's the damage you're doing. Mm -hmm. You're doing, you are wrong. Yeah. You have done a bad thing and you need to not, again, with the Overton window thing, like it's not okay to to think that and a lot of people nowadays still do um and they're not all old people by the way a lot of people say stuff like oh you know when the older generation dies out or something no that there's a still a lot of um, yeah yeah and like my brother my brother's 34 when you say when the older generation dies out you completely discredit all of the older figures in the world who are either still alive or have passed that have done the work to get us where we are in the first place first of all if the older generation was all full of garbage which it largely is (laughs) but if it 
you know, if it was 100% full, there was not a single good person in there, we would not be where we are today. I mean, literally in one of my classes, um, we're reading about or talk, we have been talking about Grace Lee Boggs. And Grace Lee Boggs is um, an Asian American. She's a Chinese woman who um, during her lifetime, and I'm pretty sure she's still alive. I don't 100% know the, the documentary we watched. We didn't talk about whether or not she's still alive or not. And I'm like totally just talking about this without doing my research um, Which on, is on her life. Which the entire podcast. Yeah, on her life. But she is doing so much when she was, you know, growing up and going from being like an adult to where she is now. She did a ton in terms of supporting like the black community. And even now does a lot for her home community in Detroit. And like she's what, I think in her 90s or something like that. I'm going to Google it. Because she's a significantly well-known figure in, like, her, like, that kind of area. And she's very important, like, to that movement. Let's see. Oh, she died in 2015. You know what? Now that, I, now that I think about it, I think I remember hearing that she passed and not knowing who she was. And now I know who she is. Um, but when she died, wow, she was 100 when she died. Holy shit. Like, that's insane. At 95, she wrote her fifth book. Damn. So, like, these people... Look, it's never too late. This woman was 95. Anyway. and Well, she was 95 when she wrote her fifth book. Her fifth book, but, you know. Um, the fact that, like, the, the idea that if you are old, you didn't do anything good is so wrong, and I want people to get that out of their minds. And the fact that, and the idea that if you're young, then you necessarily are good. That's, yeah. I think, the more damaging it, version of that. It absolutely is. I mean, A lot of young Nazis out there. There's good and wrong and bad and good and all of the shades in between out there in every single generation that we have. If anything, generational, like, time and everything like that is just constantly going to repeat themselves. We have, like... The old... only thing we can do is try to make the proportion of that generation or whatever yeah. higher. Like, the proportion of good to bad is... And that's just in yeah. America alone. I could water. not... Yeah. I could not talk about, you know, how it might be in India or Japan or, like, Spain. I couldn't tell you anything about what it's like and what history is like there and what living there is like. And I just couldn't tell you about these generational things. I, like, I can't speak on it. All I know is what I have now and what I've grown up with and what we learn. And... The, the polarizing idea that, like like we said, one generation is good versus one is bad. You are losing good when the old generation dies out just as much as you are losing bad. And we can't not see that. Like, we, we can't forget to recognize that. Yeah, go find an older lesbian and let her tell you about the shit that went down fucking you know in the 70s and 80s yeah and there are generational differences from any like anywhere from the terminology used to the support of the movement you might find like i know one thing that you know lesbians are stereotyped for is being against trans people or not supporting the trans movement which like sidebar by the way that is it's you can't the, say that it, it it didn't happen because it absolutely did happen. Yeah, people. Oh, but here's the thing: people um, stereotype lesbians as being turfs all the time, which I mean, yeah, a lot of prominent uh, uh, turfs do happen to be lesbians. But uh, it's the lesbian like community or the queer female community happens to be the most open to mm-hmm. trans like dating trans people. It's it's. You have to read up on the history yeah, and understand these sorts of things when thinking about what positions are aware today. Like, you can't just say, oh, lesbians are trans haters and not understand why there's that sort of stereotype. Like, why that and, exists, yeah. And see whether or not that's still a thing today. Because, yes, a lot of, you know, being TERFs and um, just being general man-hating, like, those were things that happened when the feminist movement started which it in itself like that in itself is against you know feminist ideals i guess in terms of like social political and all of that equality like none of it makes connection but that's a whole other other mountain hill like talking about feminism and things like that and the different waves and how a lot of them kind of 
fucked up. And, yeah. Yeah. It's all interesting to read about and learn about. Well, it's fascinating. In terms of, like, queer history, I think having a good idea, like, a good understanding of queer history is good going into, like, today's queer life, even, like, in the last 20 years, because so much has changed in that time period alone. Like... Yeah, since this movie came out. So much has changed, and at the same time, so much has not. Yeah. Because a lot of the things that they joke on and that they riddle on in But I'm a Cheerleader are 18, 19 years later, still things that are problems today. Like We're still talking about this shit, folks. Yeah, this is a 100% a thing that still happens, you know, and I'm sure it was a thing 40 years ago, you know, 20, 30, 40 years ago, and it probably is still going to be a thing 20 years later. You know, the, the same parents who are assholes to their children now might have another children, have another children. They might have multiple kids. They might have another kid 10 years later and nothing has changed. They might have yeah. never listened to the queer kid that they had in the first place or kicked them out before they had the chance to listen. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, you know, we have people in our generation growing up who have those same mindsets. Like, it's... Will we 100% be able to get rid of it? I don't think so. No. All you, all you can do is fucking shift that Overton window, man. Shift it to the right place. The the overarching, you know, the... What is that? Wasn't it an MLK quote where he says the the arch is long, but it arches towards equality? I have no idea. And one thing I, you know, speaking of media that is uh, LGBT representative, um, in the play Fun Home, there's a song where, um, you know, in, in the very famous song uh, Changing My Major, Two Sex with Joan, uh, she says... I'm, you know, I'm happy, I'm... Dizzy, I'm nauseous, I'm yeah. nervous, I'm scared. I'm scared. Um, Am I falling into nothingness? Yes, or flying into something so divine. So, I thought it was so, so sublime. sublime. Yeah. And that's, I think, um, really uh, relevant to the LGBT experience as a whole, but also through... It's also uh, relevant to the movie in that there is a scene... That reminded me of that when they were, when she realizes, she says, oh my god, I am, I'm a homo. Mm -hmm. um, she says, she's, she, she's so happy to finally, you know, figure out who she is. And at the same time, she looks terrified when she says, when she finally says, oh my god, I am a homo. You know, and that's, that's the kind of thing where you're very, very scared. And it sucks. And you, and you think holy shit what it what is my life gonna be like but you're also so so happy and so relieved you know um and i think she really captured that in the in that scene where she is just so like oh my god i am myself and i know something about myself and i can finally live the way i want to be and the only thing that's hurting me is the way other people want me to be and the way people are going to try to force me to be which isn't the way I want to be and that that I think really kind of encapsulates um the queer like a, a huge chunk of queer experiences and there's another scene I think uh Cleo Duvall says that her character says this you are who you are the only trick is not getting caught and I think I think that's that's a big that's a big thing in uh, LGBT just being queer in general is like sometimes you kind of just you gotta hide you gotta not be caught the only thing is not getting caught by society by homophobes by gender roles by you know transphobia and things like that there's fucking a uh, fun fact I don't know if I've said this before or mentioned it, but at my brother's wedding, the pastor who was marrying them said, you know, I'm glad that y'all are gathered here today to uh, get married, marry this man and this woman. Remember, it's Adam and Eve, not Adam and Steve. Are you fucking kidding me? Yeah, he said that. Yeah. And I mean, it was totally out of the blue. And every kind of people in the in the pews were like nervous whispering. <laughs> Why are 
some straight people just so hellbent on ruining life for LGBT people. Like, why, why is it that it's your fucking joke? It's like the butt of the joke. You go out of your way to poke fun at these people. First of all, all you're being is an asshole, which you're not accomplishing anything by doing that. Except for making yourself more enemies. If you want to go ahead and make friends who are also assholes, great. Now you found yourself an echo chamber. And it's not going to make itself any better. It, it just blows my mind where, like, even when... No, you're biting your nails. You're not allowed to have your hand no, back. I'm trying... I gotta... Anyway. I just, like, why... When people even... I'm trying to talk. I'm trying to drink water. <laughs> <laughs> um... They, they will go out of their way to poke fun of it when it's completely unnecessary. And, like, if you have a fucking problem with it, just say something. Don't make your goddamn jokes. Don't just throw it in there when it's not called for. Just say something. First of all, say something about it. Stand your fucking ground. And then listen when someone tries to talk to you about it otherwise. That's the big part, when somebody tries to talk to you about it. Especially somebody from that community. Like, if you said... If somebody came up to me and said it's Adam and Eve, not Adam and Steve. First of all, I... Like... You're you're getting fucking wrecked. Like, fuck you. You can, mm-hmm. you can go die in a ditch. I You're the one going to hell. By the way. I really... I just... That was so strange. And so, like, terrifying for me. Because, you know... That makes it... You know, it's like that meme when Ralphie from The Simpsons is sitting on the bus and he says, Haha, I'm in danger. That, that, that meme, that's how you feel. You're kind of like, yeah. oh, people don't want me here. You know? And that's... There are people who want you dead just for existing. Yeah. And that blows my mind. How, what kind of shit, piece of shit person do you have to be To want someone dead or suffering just for existing. Someone you may have never met before. Someone who's not actually harming people. Who's just fucking trying to live their life. Yeah. Someone who has no relevance to you whatsoever. Could be anywhere, like, anywhere from fucking 98 years old to, like, a kid in high school. Any age. They did nothing wrong to you. They're doing nothing wrong to the world besides existing, at least in our eyes. You know, because being gay is not a fucking crime to humanity. Yeah. It's toxic masculinity, a lot of it, is that it's, I mean, and they talk about that. I think talk, I, I would not say that's a big thing. I, I mean, it, it is a big thing, but there are so many other issues that play into it, too. Oh, there's definitely, it's a really complicated issue. Just toxic why. masculinity is just one specific, one singular stem. And they do talk, they do kind of breach that topic in But I'm a Cheerleader, where they, they talk about um, sort of how men are told to are taught to fuck women you know that not not make love not you know care about their partner yeah or whatever just fuck them get in what what was that quote real men get in unload yeah real men go in unload and pull out yeah uh foreplay is for sissies which is funny, because um, the which gay is, guys is, are all like, what about foreplay? Which is also funny, because we also similarly hear the straight stereotype that, or just male stereotype that men do it for pleasure, their own pleasure, and not the woman. Oh, yeah, for sure. Like, which, like sex with cishet men is just harrowing and bad. I just hate it so much. And, I mean, I think a lot of straight women also hate it, because they do shit like that. Because that's the stereotype. Foreplay is for sissies, who gives a shit about what the woman wants, and we're just gonna get in, unload, and get out. Basically. Yeah. I'm very, like, just pissed off at the world. I don't know, with everything that's, like, going on, I, my tolerance- oh, I'm so angry. My, my tolerance for anything that directly goes against my being able to stay alive and live and function- has gone down significantly. I'm at the point where, you know, I used to be able to at least listen to it or have a conversation about it. But at this point now, I, I'm it's just ready much. to say, you know, fuck you. I don't want to hear it. I'm not willing to have a conversation right now with somebody who absolutely refuses to understand or see or even try for two minutes to comprehend my viewpoint or my lifestyle and see that maybe, you know, understand whether or not they might be right. Which a lot of times, they're not. 
Like, I, I'm not the kind of person... I, I don't like to go into things without understanding what's going on. I don't like to make my opinion before I've learned about things. I don't like to not educate myself. I like to be aware of what's going on and understand as much as I possibly can before formulating an opinion and having a stance. And I, there are very few things where like, I know in my heart, like to me at least, like what's quote unquote right. And some of the things like queer rights, like humans rights, human rights are right up there. It just, it continues to blow my mind that there are some people who just want to make sure other people don't have rights. Yeah, and that's like the entire Republican Party. That is their, their 100, their, their biggest platform is like, hey, do you not want this group of people to have rights? Here we go. Let's try and succeed in taking them away. So, I mean, yeah, no, it's really hard for me to have a conversation with people who just, like... They, it's not like a difference of opinion, mm-hmm. you know? It's not like, oh, I think that... Uh, Deciding whether or not a certain person should be treated like a human being is not a differing opinion. Yeah. That's... That's you being that's, a piece of shit. Yeah, that's so much more than just an opinion. I'm sure you've seen plenty of, like, internet memes out there where it's like, an opinion is whether or not you like mint chocolate chip ice cream or pineapple on pizza, which I'm not even going to talk about because some people get nasty as fuck over it. Just, if you don't like it... Take the goddamn pineapple off. Like, whatever. By the way, it does belong on pizza. It does. It absolutely does. And that's why we're together still. Yes. But just deciding whether or not someone should be treated like a human being is not an opinion. That is directly dictating just someone's lifestyle. That's dictating whether or not you think somebody should be treated like a fucking human being. That's not an opinion. Other people's lives are at stake. Because of your quote unquote opinion. Yeah, I don't think they under people who have. Yeah. This, I don't think they understand that. That it doesn't like so going all the way back to the Overton window discussion I had earlier, stuff like that, stuff like saying you know making fun of gay people, making fun of trans people, that stuff shifts societal norms and societal opinion to like oh these people are ridiculous. They're not you know they're just jokes. They're not real people, and that informs homophobia which informs homophobic practices it informs whether or not somebody can get fired from a job or whether or not you know somebody gets killed for being trans or for being gay that's a huge thing and it's not to be taken lightly it's not just a joke and you know i i think it's it's really cool especially the parts in this movie where they made fun of um gender roles and things like that and where they made fun of um you know how men don't fucking give a shit cishet men don't really give a shit about women's pleasure um i think that's a that's a huge thing because i think i as a kid was or you know when i was younger as a teenager uh was largely informed by the whole kind of notion that uh women's pleasure doesn't either doesn't really exist or doesn't isn't really that important or like you know girls don't like sex anyway That was a huge thing. I didn't have an, uh, not to be too personal. What's a female orgasm? What is a female orgasm? I didn't have one of those till I was 19. That's a crying shame. Yeah, no. And I, because I just didn't know. I didn't know, you know, there's not a whole lot of, people don't talk about it. And I think, and this movie does kind of talk about like, hey, listen, what you want and how you feel, if you're, if you're a woman like that you know, that matters. And if you don't like something, you don't have to do it. And that I think is super, super important for young girls to, um, and just people who aren't men to, to learn. And the fact, like, let me tell you right now, the fact that they've made Natasha Lyonne kiss so many girls is a testament. And she's still straight somehow. Like, I don't know how you could possibly like make out with a girl and then continue to go to men like that's fucking crazy that right there that is a testament to how it like it's not a choice yeah (laughs) because 100 percent, like why the fuck would she still fuck with men i have so many arguments as to why it's not a choice it's absolutely not like anybody anybody with a goddamn half a mind can understand why it's not a choice and even if they want to do like 
you know, a little more research, talk to people about why they think it's not a choice. Do some reading, because I'm sure it's been discussed plenty of times before. It's not a choice. I don't see, like, people can choose to do whatever the hell they want, but, like, it's not a choice. If you, you can say, hey, I'm gay. Like, I'm sure there are people who choose to only date women despite liking women and men or whatever but in the general consensus and pretty much basis of all experiences what i'm saying right now which is probably scientifically i no scientific research to back this whatsoever but it's not a choice um and there's also the kind of um i want to tie this into another point i wanted to make um this movie does really kind of go into the whole really hardcore homophobes tend to be gay themselves and kind of having that joke, which I have mixed feelings um, about that joke because, you know, everyone, I think Natasha Lyonne, the main character's dad kind of is coded a little bit as being queer, which I kind of noticed. He's a little bit more feminine, I guess. I didn't notice that at all. Yeah. Well, I think I, I've seen this movie a million times, so oh. I think I'm just kind of seeing new things every time. But I mean, like, you know, Rue fucking Paul is one of the super into being straight camp counselors. There's another uh, camp counselor who's also super gay. Everyone at the, you know, straight conversion therapy camp thing is super gay. And they're trying to be straight. And it's kind of, and they're also homophobic. And a lot of people say, like, hey, you know, that trope is really, really damaging and horrible. And it kind of, one, it absolves a lot of straight people from yeah examining their own homophobia. And two, it kind of, it makes, it turns it around and makes gay people a joke again. Yeah. You know? And I see that. I definitely hear that. But a lot of the time I think... That I think suggests, it's, yeah. That it suggests that straight people can't be such severe homophobes. They have to be gay to yes. be like that. And that's not true. Take one look at what's going on in the world today. And I can guarantee you a lot of the people who are just being absolute jerks against queer people are not queer. Yeah. They, like, first of all, you don't have to be gay to be such a nasty homophobe. There are definitely homophobic problems and, like, internalized homophobia and externalized homophobia, misogyny, transphobia, racism, all of that in the LGBTQA plus community. Like, it's, we're just people like everybody else. We have these problems just as much as anybody else does. But it's you, a can't, different. you can't absolve straight people of their sins by saying that those who are, like, really nasty against the LGBT community themselves are gay and just trying to deny it or trying to hide it or trying to forget it because you just take all the blame off of any straight people recognize that that's just as much a possibility as it is somebody being gay yeah and yeah and i think i i get that and i also see a lot of the it's harmful in a way Mm -hmm. and it's sort of making it a joke again and but i also see it as a sort of like a, a reclamation of of that whole thing as in like you know it's kind of like when when you uh, told your mom that kids were making fun of you and her response was always they're just jealous you know like you're they're just jealous that you get to like live your life and be out and proud and and whatnot and except it's like you know real and i kind of see it as as a sort of uh, a reclamation of being gay Saying they just want attention or they're just jealous takes the blame away from them. It, it takes the like the concept of what are they doing wrong away from it because they are doing something wrong and that needs to be addressed whether or not like it's related to being gay or related to just teasing somebody. Yeah. Like, but I see it. I see it as a sort of like a turning around to sort of make no. Are you you're gonna say that gay people are a joke? Well, maybe we are. Um, but you're part of that joke, too. Fucking, you're a joke. You know? Like, it kind of turns and makes everything gay, and it's sort of... I don't know what you mean. I mean, like, you know, uh, people who, you know, those gay dance parties for Mike Pence, right? Like, I think it's something kind of like that, where it's like, hey, 
um, you don't like the gays? Well, we're gonna fucking shove that shit in your face, because fuck you. Um, we're gonna make, uh, you know, gay, like, like, smut, uh, about you and the president. Like, fuck you. Mm-hmm. We're gonna turn it back on you and say that, well, maybe fucking you're gay and you just hate yourself. And I, I, I understand what you're saying and I understand the criticism and I, I, I get it. And, but there's a part of me also that, you know, unpopular opinion, I guess, that, you know, it just sort of, I, I, going back to what I said earlier, I do think it's, in some cases, it is a sort of reclamation, like the word queer, right? Like, we're taking that back, and a sort of thing where it's like, oh, you don't like us, well, fucking deal with it. Don't like you, either. Maybe you don't like yourself. Maybe that's why, you know, and, and sometimes it's a trope because it's happened a few times in real life. You know, you know, he doth protest too much kind of thing, but uh, usually with like politicians or whatever. But, you know, I, I, I can see why it's damaging and I wouldn't do it myself, but I can also see how it's sort of used subversively yeah. in a sarcastic or funny way. Just like I, I think that's how it's used in this film. And that it's used in a look at how ridiculous you're being, being a, you know, obviously gay conversion therapy doesn't work. These people are all still gay. All you've done is make them hate themselves. Um, They're homophobes, but they themselves are gay. And I think it sort of turns that trope around a little bit and sort of makes it, turns it back on them again, on straight people, on, on homophobes. Um, and says, hey, look how silly and sh- fucking stupid this is. It gets you nowhere doing this. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, we've been talking for ten years. Uh, do you have any uh, other points you wanted to make? No, I'm sick. Okay, yeah. Uh, Alex is not feeling well, <laughs> as evidenced Yeah. by the cough. I um, am semi-spectral and semi-present my kink is fucking uh, semi-spectral beings fun fact very nice thank you Mm -hmm. um I have many kinks you can't see me but I'm like laying down yeah she's on on the bed just uh sprawled anywho (laughs) as I've been in the last 48 hours the majority of it when I'm not doing things I am laying down. Yes. You can follow us on social media at uh, CFTCpod on Twitter. Twitter. Uh, you can email us at castingfromthecloset at gmail.com. And you can donate to our Patreon at patreon.com slash castingfromthecloset. Please, please, please consider donating to us because we rock. Uh, support your local lesbians all. Y'all. All y'all. All y'all. Support support your local lesbian. I hope you edit that shit out. I will. Um, that was horrible. And I'm so sorry. Want a divorce. <laughs> it was a really weird thing to say. Bye. <laughs> I'm so tired. Oh, I know. I'm so sorry. I just want to take a nap for like six hours. Stay hydrated and do your best, y'all. And take cold medicine if you start to feel sick. Yes, always take cold medicine. Don't drink too much cough medicine. That'll make you high. Uh, okay. Bye, I love you. Bye.